This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Steelers have a lot to take care of in the NFL draft this year. But they are not the only team that has a lot of needs. Taking a look at the 2021 NFL draft as a whole. I think you got to start with the quarterback position. It's always the most popular position as far as people watching the NFL draft. And, you know, Trevor Lawrence has been the undisputed number one. There's been some shuffling between Zach Wilson, Justin Fields. I don't know if you could say undisputed because there has been one guy that has put Trevor (laughs) Lawrence at number two. He's an idiot. Phil Sims. He's what, an idiot. When did he or say, Chris Sims. Chris Sorry, Sims, Chris Sims. Who did he have at number one? I think he had Zach Wilson at number one, right? Yeah, he's just doing that so that you on this podcast say his name for being an idiot. That's yeah. exactly what Chris Sims is doing there. But Trevor didn't Lawrence. He have, wait, real quick. Didn't he have Kellen Mond at like number four? Yeah, I think yeah. he did. Yeah. I mean, come on, bro. Trevor Lawrence is going to be the number one overall quarterback. I mean, Urban Meyer came out and said something recently where he was like, they're 85% sure that they're going to take Trevor Lawrence. You're taking Trevor they're, Lawrence. They're 100% sure at this yeah, point. Come on They're now. taking Trevor Lawrence with the number one pick. Uh, where the other quarterback chips may fall, that is up for debate. And I mentioned how Zach Wilson and Justin Fields have been doing a little bit of a flip-floppy as far as who they think is going to go before the other. But the quarterback that's been kind of doing his Daniel Jones thing and rising up the draft board isn't Trey Lance. Trey Lance has kind of just been quietly Mm. wading in the water at that number six, number seven overall prospect. Mac Jones has shot up the draft board, though. He's now listed as maybe the number 10 to 12 overall prospect in the draft. He's getting comps to Brady. He's getting comps to any prototypical NFL quarterback with the size and the arm. And it's, it's definitely interesting to me that every single year there's a quarterback that does this. I thought it was Trey Lance, and we already had it established, but... When we started this offseason, Mac Jones was a fringe first-rounder, yep. potentially in the second round early. Now he's top 15 pick, according to a lot of people. Todd McShay just released his newest mock draft and had uh, Mac Jones going third overall. Third wow. overall? If the Niners traded two first-round picks to move for Mac up Jones. for Mac Jones, oh, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo's probably better than Mac Jones. He is Mac Jones. That That's like the type the of quarterback P. that he but is. But right. is Mac Jones with Mac Jones realizing his potential? Right, Because Jimmy right. G's in the NFL. He's been to a Super Bowl, yeah. too. Um, actually, I'm looking at one right now on Walter Football, and they have Trey Lance going to the, the Niners. So, Ooh. I mean, I don't know. It's kind of wild how... You know, these quarterbacks, you know, this always happens with quarterbacks. And, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Mac Jones is a, a top 10 pick. I mean, maybe the Falcons take him. Maybe, you know, I don't know. He he might, you know, there might be a trade-up or something like that. I think that's a possibility, too. Um, you know, don't don't sleep on the New York or the New England Patriots maybe um, doing that, too. But um, I don't know. I think, it's, I think it's interesting. And real quick, did you guys see the video of uh, – Mac Jones at his pro day and Bill Belichick was there and it just so happened like the camera cut and Mac Jones overthrew one of the guys he was throwing to and it cut back to Bill Belichick and he was just shaking his head like oh, he no. was like pissed. Oh, no. it was, I don't I don't know if it was like I don't know if it was correlated or if that's why he was shaking his head. But I'm it was sure just too funny. You, you could have seen like him like on a pen and paper just scratching out her name yeah, or something. Like, God and damn say. it, we don't want this guy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean it's crazy, man. Like this always happens with quarterbacks and and we all kind of thought. 
thought it was going to be Trey Lance. I mean, I guess it's kind of Zach Wilson because everyone now is assuming that he is going to be the number two pick. And I we, think he is too. And we kind of thought that he'd be like, you know, three or four. Um, but apparently he is the number two. But yeah, Mac Jones all of a sudden could be as high as number three to the Niners. It's kind of nuts. All of a sudden, too, Justin Fields is falling. Mm-hmm. I mean, where did that come from? Because it was Jets are going to take Jets and Jaguars between the two of them and the top two picks are going to take Lawrence and Fields. And people were saying early on in the college football season last year, saying because how how well Fields was doing and and Trevor Lawrence wasn't having as great of a season as he had in the past. People were saying, well, Fields could go number one and then Trevor Lawrence could fall to number two. But now Justin Fields is falling to like outside the top ten. When Fields and Lawrence played in the Clemson Ohio State game too, it was it was Fields. People were all over Twitter saying, "What a trajectory these two have been on." Uh, they were out of the same recruiting class. They were number one mm-hmm. and number two, I think, as far as the quarterbacks were concerned in that class. Uh, they had kind of been familiar with each other throughout their youth growing up. Um, they go play for Ohio State. They play for Clemson. Uh, Justin Fields obviously going to Georgia first and then transferring mm-hmm. to Ohio State, but. They end up in the college football playoff. Lawrence, you know, wins the national championship game. They go head-to-head in their last season. Justin Fields gets the better of him. He goes on to get a chance to win his college football playoff. That didn't pan out, but he at least was in the championship game. And it's suspected that they're going to go number one and number two in this draft class. So, you know, back in January, these two were kind of getting that treatment of moving forward, it's going to be the Fields versus the Lawrence rivalry as the NFL moves on. And you know, the next Manning Brady potentially is going to be Fields Lawrence. And as far as Justin Fields is concerned, he, as the combines and the offseason has moved on, not lived up to that billing to the tune of him getting lapped by Zach Wilson and potentially getting passed over for Trey Lance, too. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a possibility. Wild. But did you see his um, Fields' is 40? You're in, what, a 4-4-4-1? Or 4-4-1, I mean. I mean, that's, that's running back numbers. That's running back numbers. And, and teams, I mean, come on, teams definitely look at that sort of thing. I know sure. that, you know, it, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. And, you know, I think that old adage that running quarterbacks never pan out in this league, I think that's pretty much dead at this point because we've seen that, um, you know, that's the kind of style of quarterback that they're going to. Not that you have to be Mike Vick or Lamar Jackson, but you need to be mobile. You need to be able to move. You need to be able to escape the pocket. And mm. for a dude that has four four one speed, I mean, I know that it's just one stat, and I know that it's unofficial because it's not at the combine or whatever. But, I mean, teams are, I'm sure, are looking at that too. And, like, maybe they just – Maybe he just jumped Trey Lance, or maybe he just jumped Mac Jones on some team's boards because he ran a 4-4-1 or whatever. Um, it's something to take into consideration. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the biggest things, um, you know, when you look at this quarterback class, when you look at this, the, the NFL draft in general, is that this is all without combines. This is all without that sort of thing. Yeah, I know you're at a pro day, and I know that there are coaches there watching it. But, I mean, I don't know. I think there's something to that, like, Maybe you just go chalk. You know what I mean? Like maybe you just go best available at that position. You know what I mean? Right. Because um, I mean I know that that when it's the top five, I guess that's a little bit different. But um, I just wonder if that you know does have an impact. If if not having a combine, not having um, that, that sort of thing does affect what these teams are thinking. And you know if a guy you know maybe they're not at a pro day where Justin Fields runs a four four one, all of a sudden they hear that they're like, oh man, maybe we missed out. Maybe we have a different opinion of him now. Mm-hmm. I mean, who knows? I mean, 
It's always interesting. The draft, I think, is always more interesting when there's a quarterback class like this one or the one that we had a couple years ago when it was Baker and Darnold and Josh Allen and Josh Rosen. Now, even though some of those guys didn't really pan out and it's really just Baker and Josh Allen still standing, Darnold barely hanging on. But it was still there was so much more to talk about just because the quarterbacks are the team are the guys that teams will say, even though we have other needs, you can't really pass up on a quarterback because that is the backbone of, of any NFL team. And just the case as in with this year, I mean, there are teams out there who have high round picks like the 49ers who don't necessarily need a quarterback. They have guys in waiting like Jimmy Garoppolo. However, you still see people saying, oh, even though they have Jimmy G, they're still going to take a Mac Jones or a Trey Lance or maybe even a Justin Fields. I just think it, 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 it provides such a good narrative for a draft when you have so many guys at quarterback because it changes so many teams' approaches to the draft. Even though, like you said, Kellen, like you might want to just take the best available because that's going to be the best proven way to get, bring in a good guy to your team. But that's totally thrown out the window if your team doesn't have a quarterback or if your team has a quarterback but you're not 100% sold on him and his ability to lead the team. I mean, I just that's why I think quarterbacks just make for a much more entertaining draft. Well, a quarterback that has been shooting up the board slightly, like Kellen mentioned before, is Zach Wilson. And there were some doubts on the New York Jets front as far as are they a team that is still looking for that quarterback, Jacob, or do they have that quarterback on the roster and he just needs a little bit more coaching and a little change yeah. of coaching yeah. scenery in Sam Darnold. Well, based on some of the articles and headlines I've seen out of New York newspapers and what the kind of the way the wind is blowing as far as what the Jets are going to do, it, it seems like Zach Wilson is a New York Jet. He's yeah. going to be the Jets' second overall pick in the draft. Sam Darnold, of course, now in the rumor mill as far as how much it's going to cost to get him from New York because. They're going to go with Zach Wilson, uh, a guy that at the beginning of the season was really off a lot of people's radars, uh, not as a pro prospect, but as far as a top five pick is concerned for sure. And as far as being the guy after J Trevor Lawrence, he wasn't even close. Like we were saying, it was Justin Fields for most of the season. But kid coming out of BYU, a little bit smaller, but not too bad. He's got so much athletic ability, uh, could potentially be the best athlete at the quarterback position in this class. Uh, I know Trevor Lawrence is deceptively fast. I mean, he looks like a thoroughbred racehorse when he's out <laughs> in the open. He does. And uh, Fields and Trey Lance are no slouches either as far as athletes are concerned. But Zach Wilson is just a great athlete, and he might have the biggest arm out of anybody in this class. He's got an absolute cannon. He impressed in his pro day at BYU. And, look, when it comes to positions, linebacker, edge rushers – safeties defensive backs wide receivers you can look at the football factories like ohio mm -hmm. state alabama and pretty be pretty sure that you're going to get a solid player i don't know if that's the same case as a quarterback you know yeah. you can find a great quarterback really anywhere you look it's true and I, i'm not turned off by him going to byu when his opponents went to ohio state and clemson right uh, you can find a great quarterback in some of the small schools trey lance the same thing coming out of north dakota state yep. so I don't get turned off from him playing in the Mountain West Conference for BYU. Uh, I think if he can play, he can play. And it looks on tape and on his pro days that this kid can ball.
Yeah, I mean, he yeah. definitely can. I mean, we mentioned that that throw that he made, and I know that that doesn't you know, at his pro day, and I know that doesn't necessarily mean anything. But you know, we know how the age of social media works. We know how um, you know this this kind of world that we're living in now. Like people see that and they are drawn to it, and don't think that NFL scouts aren't drawn to it either. Um, you know that type of play. I mean, it's kind of funny. Like um, I think I saw there was a side by side that Sam Darnold made like that exact same kind of throw. Um, in one of the games last year where he was under pressure. Um, so it's kind of like, you know, uh, do you really want to uh, move on from Darnold and, and give the keys to a new guy? I mean, I know that's what it seems like they're going to do, and I think that's that might be the best thing for the the, uh, the Jets is just act like, um, you know, the Sam Darnold era just – flat out didn't happen in New York. Um, but again, I mean, when you look at, when you look at Wilson, I think you made a great point there, Tom, about, um, you know, it doesn't matter where you play, um, you know, for um, especially for quarterback. I mean, you look across the league and across the league's history, how many guys mm-hmm. have played in the Mac or, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger mm-hmm. is a great example. I mean, maybe you, the only example. Yeah. I mean, but you know, there's, there's examples of that all over the place. I mean, the kid can absolutely play. And again, like the point I made earlier, he kind of fits that new, style of quarterback sure. that teams seem to want to have that guy that can you know that is mobile that that can run that you know has a big arm because he does have a gigantic sure. arm but again you know the questions i i just have some questions about uh, wilson because he's never you know played in in a huge type of game you know i made right. the point comparing him to trevor lawrence a handful of weeks ago maybe a month or so ago now the biggest game that zach wilson has ever played in he lost to Coastal Carolina. Um, <laughs> you know, I know that that doesn't necessarily mean anything. I know there's other people on, you know, that BYU team that, you know, contributed to that. The whole team lost. It wasn't just, you know, Zach Wilson. But at the same time, I think, you know, there's something to that. You know, I'm not right. saying that the kid can't play. But I do believe that there is something to that fact. Like, hey, you know, I'm not saying that, that NFL GMs are looking at it that way. But to me, I mean, the biggest game of your life is against Coastal Carolina and you lose it. I don't know. It's pretty tough. Yeah, that's I mean, tough. Yeah, it's it's that's not... your show it moment. Right, right. I mean, if he would have went out and threw for five hundred yards and they beat Coastal Carolina, I mean, if they lose, but if he wasn't had that a... game close, then that it game... was close. It, oh, yeah. yeah, it was low scoring though. It was only like if I remember, like like twenty to eighteen or seventeen. Yeah, or didn't something it like come that. down to like a last second? I think a end field zone, goal got blocked something or like something that. like yeah. that. But I mean, I mean, Coastal Carolina was. That, that surprise team last sure. year. It was them and one other that I'm forgetting in college football. Um, but they were a, a definite surprise team, and people were saying because I think they went undefeated in the regular season. Maybe they were saying to they should have had a shot to make it to the college football playoffs, but that's a conversation for another day in terms of an expanded playoff field. But, I mean, yeah, that's, a, that's your one day to show up and you lose that game. Meanwhile, Trevor Lawrence has played a harder game than that, you know, five times every year. And that doesn't even include the playoffs that he has to go to every single year that he was at Clemson. But, yeah, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger, I don't know what bowl games he played in when he was in Miami, if any, for that matter. And if he he won or lost either any of those games, I mean... Yeah, I'm sure he played in some, but I don't know who they were against and if they won those games at all. But I mean, you want to you want to think that guys who win are just proven winners. And Trevor Lawrence, I think, was a winner. I mean, he went up against Joe Burrow, who was having 
arguably the best season any quarterback has ever played in college football history. And then he just got outplayed simply. I mean, that happens. I mean, look at look at Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback of the future of this league. He simply got outplayed by Tom Brady in this past Super Bowl. Uh, so it's not the fact that, you know, because Trevor Lawrence lost to Justin Fields that you have to say, oh, well, Trevor Lawrence isn't this winning guy anymore. He definitely is. And it'll be interesting to see how he can help Jacksonville become a winning team because they certainly need him to do so. But in terms of Zach Wilson being a winning quarterback, we we don't know if he is because there was only one real game that he had to win to prove himself to be a winner, and he lost. Ben Roethlisberger, by the way, went 13-1 and in his senior season at Miami of Ohio. The only loss coming at Iowa at the very beginning of the season, and they beat Louisville in a bowl game. Oh, okay, so, Louisville. Not bad. Big Ben getting it done. Interesting note, too. Totally random. Ben Roethlisberger punted the ball 24 <laughs> times in college at Miami of Ohio, including 12 punts his senior year. His junior year on 11 punts, he averaged 43.8 yards per punt. I guess that's why the Steelers used him to punt sometimes a couple years ago. He might be ago. better than Jordan Berry, honestly, Whoa. at punting the football. But Yowza. That's just hilarious that he was a punter. Not a punter, but he did his he fair share of punting yeah. uh, for he had Miami a, He Ohio. had a roster spot as a punter, for sure. No question about that. And... uh but yeah, that was his only bowl game in Miami of Ohio history. Is going up against only one. Interesting. Thirteen and one though as a. Uh, but he, he, I mean, he was he was at Miami all four years. He only played one bowl game. Three seasons. He left early. Oh, he left left okay, one year okay. early. Yeah, but uh, it's just the fact that you elevate it. It's the same thing with BYU and Zach yeah. Wilson. It's the same thing with the Trey Lance in North Dakota State. You just yeah. don't know. You I just, mean, that's el- the unknown. You, just, you elevate these teams sure. to a whole new right. level, and that's the only place where you do know. Like right. Wyoming wasn't great. They didn't go like 10 and 1 with Josh Allen, but you knew about Wyoming's football team because of this freak because of, of nature, Josh, Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Right. It's the same thing with a BYU uh, this year or North Dakota State again. You heard it with Carson Wentz before, and now you're hearing it again with Trey Lance. So these guys from the smaller schools certainly uh, have an uphill battle as far as putting themselves on the map, but once they do, they can rise up yeah. this draft board real fast. But the guys from the football factories, Justin Fields and Mac Jones. I think Fields still goes top five, top ten at the very worst. Uh, I'm not buying into the Mac Jones hype. I really hope to God that the Niners don't take him as wow, the overall that pick. That would just be shocking. That would just be terrible. I could, I actually see Mac Jones just kind of looking at who's picking and, and what teams need. Uh Jaguars, Jets, Niners all obviously need quarterbacks. You can make the case for the Falcons needing a quarterback, the Lions needing a quarterback, the Panthers needing a quarterback, and I could even make the case for the Broncos needing a quarterback, but I don't think the Broncos are going to make that case this year. But you get past the run of those teams where there's really only six that potentially need a quarterback. Four of them are ahead of you if you're Mac Jones or perceived to be ahead of you uh, on the draft board. I think you could be falling all the way down to a team like Washington picking at number 19. Yeah. Uh, take a shot at a Mac Jones. Do not be shocked if he's still floating around number 28 if the New Orleans Saints don't take a flyer uh. and pick Mac Jones with that pick because they don't know what Jameis Winston uh, or um, Taysom, Taysom Hill is yeah. going to look like. Uh, but, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Saints pick him at 28. And you know what? The Packers might pick Mac Jones at number 29 too because what the hell? Let's just draft <laughs> another quarterback yeah. in the first round, right? But I think Mac Jones has the potential to actually fall back into the middle of the first round still. I know he's a number 12 overall prospect, according to Pro Football 
uh, focus or our pro football network right now. But I just don't see teams like the Niners reaching on him like that. And I just see him falling back into that zone where the Cowboys pick and the Giants pick and the Eagles pick and the Chargers pick and the Vikings pick and the Patriots pick. And you just know those teams, maybe the Patriots, but you just know those teams probably aren't taking a quarterback. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that's fair. Um, and I think that's what he's probably going to run into is like, there's, we mentioned this before, but there's always a stretch where positions get taken in the draft. Yeah, like if Falcons don't go quarterback that's and gonna Lions end, don't go quarterback. That's going to end that streak. Then it's Panthers, and then if the Panthers don't, it's going to be between you, Fields, or Lance for the Panthers, yeah. and whoever they don't take, they'll probably won't be a quarterback taken until the football team picks it yeah, that team. Yeah, the middle, the middle yeah. of the draft. I mean, you're going to be waiting a while. I mean, that's, I mean, whatever. I mean, you're still a top 20 pick. You're a first rounder. But yeah, I mean, I think that's the situation that Mac Jones could find himself in. And, and let's be honest here. We mentioned that there's always that one guy that kind of climbs up draft boards and, and kind of shocks. There's also always that guy that falls. There's always that Good guy point. that sits and waits at the draft. And, and, and I mean, you look at Lamar Jackson. He was right. that case last exactly. year. Aaron Rodgers was three was years famously ago. that yeah, case. Yeah, Ben Roethlisberger too. Uh, I mean, there's you know famous video of Ben sitting with his family. and um, But there's always that guy. There's always that guy that sits and waits. And sometimes and, they don't work out. I mean, right. Johnny Manziel sure. was that guy. Right. And he he should have been overall. that guy. He didn't, yeah. didn't pan out. Right. Uh, and, Tim I mean, Tebow was a guy that sat there and right. waited for a yeah. while and then got picked too early because he didn't pan out. Right. So, uh, again, I think that's where Mac Jones is going to be. He, he might be that guy that is sitting and, and waiting as all these teams are picking and then he finally gets his name called. But, yeah, I don't, I don't see Mac Jones as the – um, you know, the 12th overall prospect in this draft. I mean, or the third quarterback yeah, best available. And I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, I know that you can make this case the other way in the way that I'm about to make it, but you know, he's throwing to, um, you know, the best genetic freaks that are possible <laughs> on, on, in a college football world. And I know you can make that argument that once you get to the NFL, you're throwing to a step even above, above that. that yeah. But at the same time, you're playing pros. You're not playing college kids. And I know you're playing in the SEC where, you know, I mean, it's one of the best football conferences out there. But at the same time, not everybody there goes pro. And you're playing against professionals. So that's always my kind of worry with Alabama quarterbacks. And, I mean, there's always, you know, a handful of guys that have come out from Alabama. And everyone's like, oh, this guy's going to be the next best thing. And, I mean, who's the best quarterback to ever, you know, in the last 10 years to come out of Alabama? I don't know. A.J. McCarron? A.J. McCarron. You know what I mean? I mean, he has one playoff game. It was yeah. a loss. That's probably the best one. I really don't know. You know, I'm not saying Jaylen for sure. Jalen Hurts could be. Could be. Jalen okay. Hurts could be. Tua? If you count Jalen Hurts from Tua? Alabama. Tua as there. well could be. The floodgates don't know. could be I mean, open we, we from don't, Bama. We don't know because those guys are one year in. But we're looking back at Joe Namath as far as the last right. one to really make an impact. The floodgates could be open between Hurts, Jones, yeah. and Tua. Uh, you might not even count Hertz as a Bama quarterback either because he finished at Oklahoma, but that's fine. But yeah, other than Namath, Broadway Joe, Bama's not a football factory no. as far as producing quarterbacks. And, you know, I know you're talking about Mac Jones, but in the same breath, Justin Fields coming from Ohio State. Yeah. When's the last time Ohio State's really produced a great yeah. NFL yeah. quarterback? Troy Smith Troy was the Heisman, won the Heisman, but he did total bust. Maybe He's a wide receiver, busts. I think, in the NFL. I think he did try to make that yeah. conversion at one point. Yeah. Um, you're all, you could also be thinking of um, Dwayne Haskins. No, God, he went to Dwayne Haskins. He was just here. Braxton he, Miller. No. Terrell Pryor. Terrell Pryor. Terrell Pryor oh. was a quarterback at oh, Ohio right. State yeah. that turned into wide receiver when he got to the NFL. So, yeah, uh, 
usually not coming from these football factories are the legit quarterbacks yeah. in the NFL. Um, before we wrap things up here, though, uh, a guy who's also rising up the boards as far as a skill position player is concerned, and he was already projected to be a top 10 pick, but the Pro Football Network had him at the number two prospect overall is Kyle Pitts, the tight end mm. out of Florida. And it's a deep class as far as receiving sure. threats are concerned, and especially at the top with Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, sure. and Jalen Waddle. Those are three potential number one wide receivers there. You think that maybe NFL owners, NFL GMs, NFL scouts look around at the Niners and say, look at that freak George Kittle. Or they look at the Buccaneers still, and they're like, look at Gronk, completely broken, made of wires. Right. He's sparking as he goes down the field, but he still gets the job done because he's just a physical freak. He catches two touchdowns in the Super Bowl for the Buccaneers. Yeah. Do you think they look at that and maybe they're like, yeah, you know, normally Jalen Waddle, he's the guy. Devontae Smith, we get the number one guy. But if Kyle Pitts can turn into a Kittle or a Kelsey or I mean, a, a Gronk see, in his prime. He doesn't want to do that. Do you see what he said yesterday? He said he's going to be the best tight end to ever play the game. So, so like, he, he looks as George Kittle and Gronk and Kelsey as, as the bar to pass. As, as the floor for him. So I think if I'm a scout or if I'm a GM, I like the – way that that kind of a position player is few and far between and might fall into my lap. And I look at a Waddle and I look at a Smith and I say, you know what, guys, like you're great wide receivers, but I would bet that there's going to be a couple more of you in next year's mm -hmm. draft class or, or even later that. in this year. Yeah. Whereas Kyle Pitts, we might not have this type of tight end come out uh. of college in a long time. And oh, by the way, Usually these guys aren't slam dunks. Right. Like Gronk wasn't the first tight end no, picked right. by the Patriots. It was Aaron Hernandez. Uh, Kelsey coming out of Cincinnati was a, really a nobody. I mean, no one knew who he was. And then you want to talk about George Kittle. Look at George Kittle's freshman year picture at Iowa. It's not the same person. No. So like these guys, <laughs> it's like Tom Brady. These guys kind of come yeah. from the weeds. Kyle Pitts is in the forefront, doing it on center stage at Florida. And is on people's radar right now. Yeah. Do you so, think that's setting him up for failure? It's either setting him up for disappointment or it's setting him up for him actually being better than Kittle, better than Kelsey, and better. But I, I think as far as the skill position player is concerned, I would lean towards Kyle Pitts more than the other three just because it's it's such a dynamic position in the NFL yeah. now. I mean, I, I think that's a great point. I mean, you look at you know, look at the two teams in the Super Bowl this year. Gronk and, and, uh, and Kelsey were on them respectively. Two of the best tight ends maybe to ever play the game. I know that's a long way away for, for Kelsey at this point, but I know you can make that case for Gronk. But, I mean, I, I think that, you know, you make a great point. Like, you might not get one of these guys, one of these generational talents that play tight end all that often. And I think that's a good point. I don't know if I would do it if I was making the team, but I'm sure that, that, that you know, NFL teams are looking at, um, at Pitts and saying, man, if we can get him, all of a sudden we we can have a Kelsey or a Kittle or, or a Gronk on our hands here that we can use and, and create mismatches for defenses. I mean, it's a definitely a weapon. There, there's no question about that. So I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But um, I'm sure there are NFL GMs thinking the way that you are, Tom. There's no question about that. Well, the NFL draft Thursday, April 29th is the first day, so about three weeks Ooh. from today is when you will have NFL first-round draft action and all these questions can be answered. Before I wrap it up, though, I want to mention the Hall of Honor vote for the Steelers. Go to Steelers.com. If you have the Steelers app, you can go uh, onto that and do this as well there. But you have a chance right now, Steelers Nation, to nominate who you think should be 
up for debate for the 2021 Steelers Hall of Honor class. Make sure you get your nominees in. You only have until April 9th before the nominees go to the committee and the likes of Stan Saverin get to put their stamp of approval on who will be in the 2021 Hall of Honor class. But anybody that you want to be up for debate, don't make sure they don't get left out. Get your nominees in now for the Hall of Honor at Steelers.com, or if you have the Steelers app, you can do it there. And, by the way, when you're at Steelers.com and you make your nominees, hop on over to the podcast and take a quick listen to all of our Steelers standard stuff and all the other stuff that we're doing here on uh, Steelers podcast. Wes Euler and Arthur Motes on the Blitz and Dale and Matt on the Drive. Plenty of other content. We've got so much content for you to enjoy at Steelers.com and You can download and subscribe to all of our podcasts, but especially the Steelers Standard, wherever you get your podcasts, Apple or Spotify. But for Jacob Recht and Kellen Gursky, I'm Tom Opferman. That's going to do it for this episode. Always love chatting to you guys, and we'll do it again on the next Steelers Standard.